Hello, friends, and welcome to another Robcast. This episode is called Orlando, because I woke up this morning and saw on the news that early this morning there was an attack at a club in Orlando, and over 50 people were killed and many more injured in what they're now calling the worst mass shooting in U.S. history. And uh, I'm probably like you, and I've had Orlando on my mind, in my heart, in my bones all day. Uh, I felt like I about hourly was on the verge of tears whenever I would think about Orlando. Because uh, I've been to Orlando. Perhaps you've been to Orlando. Orlando's like Heartland. Orlando's America. Orlando's like Disney World, right? Like you, And that's where uh, the worst mass shooting in U.S. history occurred earlier today. So I had a different podcast planned. I had a different episode. I had notes. I had a sermon. I had a bunch of insights. I had pages and pages of structured ideas. I wanted to lay out like I do each week, but none of that felt right um, because I couldn't stop thinking about Orlando. So uh, in this episode, we're going to talk about Orlando because uh, our hearts are with Orlando. And I kept thinking of all the people who got a call in the middle of the night or who woke up and their brother, sister, son, mom, dad, lover wasn't there. And then they turned on the news um, and, and started to realize what had happened. Uh, I thought about the people in the middle of the night who rushed to the hospital uh, and held the hand of somebody laying in a hospital bed, going in for surgery, bleeding. Uh, I mean, what do, you, what do you even say? So first, let's begin with silence. There is a, a suffering, an evil, an injustice, a tragedy, a trauma that is beyond words. And sometimes all you have is, is silence. And uh, what I would call the solidarity of silence. Uh, I have no words, but I can stand with you in a place where there aren't words. Uh, I have nothing to say, but I can join you in that space where there's nothing to say. Uh, and sometimes the reason why we need silence is suffering exists in a different category than language and intellect, and you simply sit in the pain, but you sit there with others. And when you sit there with others, there, there is a bond you have, there is a connection you have, uh, people all over the world today thinking about Orlando. We were not thinking about Orlando yesterday. We are thinking about Orlando today. You become aware of a human solidarity. You become aware of how what we all have in common transcends all of the labels and categories and divisions we've cooked up to feed our egos and remind us of how different we are that ultimately we are human beings sharing the same planet. We are brothers and sisters. We all are all part of the same family. So there is a silence, a wordless void in the heart. And then uh, for me, secondly, there's a weariness. 
like this, when I, as soon as I saw the news, I was like, are you seriously? Another shooting? Really? Uh, and uh, I saw the pictures of President Obama going to a podium and giving remarks again, only this time it wasn't about a college campus, wasn't about San Bernardino, wasn't about Sandy Hook. It was uh, a similar devastation, just a different location. And uh, I, my heart went out to our president, who again publicly tries to find words for what we're all feeling, which is, this happened again? Uh, so if you're like me, there's a weariness that sets in. Uh, life is difficult enough. The stresses and, and tension of life is that that produces enough weariness, let alone mass shootings, which are a regular occurrence in this country, which are not a regular occurrence in other places in the word, world, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, but... Uh, there is this weariness, there is the silence. Uh, I, I don't know uh, about you, but there's an anger that, that sort of rages, wells up inside of me. Uh, I just want to shake my fists at the heavens, like not again. It's like you're uh, sort of cycling through all of these responses and emotions. Um, and, and here's the thing, if, you, if you've had a similar kind of day, when you find yourself on the verge of tears, when you find yourself angry, when you find yourself without words, when you find yourself weary, when you find yourself feeling this bottomless ocean of compassion for the victims and their families, here's the thing. It's totally normal. It means you're a human being. It means you're alive. You're a human being, you're alive, and you are responding uh, exactly how healthy human beings who are alive respond to these kinds of things. You're all over the place. Our all-over-the-place-ness of moments like this is not because we're losing it. It's because we're actually something within us is grounding us, and we're actually feeling what we should feel uh, when something like this happens. Uh, a friend of mine is gay, and he tells this story about growing up in the Deep South, and uh, his family didn't understand him, and... Uh, his religious community uh, didn't understand him. And friends and bullies, uh, he was not in a world that would have understood who he is. And he says there was a gay club in his city, one of the only ones for miles and miles and miles and miles around. And he says he used to go by that club and think the people in there they will understand me. They will understand who I am. Um, I will be safe there. But that club was known to be raided by the police who would then give the names of the people that they had arrested to the newspaper that would print those names in the newspaper the next uh, morning. And he knew that if his, he went there and it got busted and he had his name in the paper, it would bring shame and humiliation to uh, his family and to their businesses. It would have economic repercussions. And so he talks about this belief, this conviction, that when he did finally go there, it proved to be true that these people 
that they will understand me. That is a place, that is the one place where I will be safe. And for many people, for many of our LGBT brothers and sisters, uh, the club was the one place where you were known and loved and accepted exactly as you are. And uh, that is incredibly vital and a sacred, precious, holy thing. And the fact that this attack occurred in a place that for many has been one of the few, if not only, places of safety for them in their journey into their true self, it just, it's just unbearable. It's just, it's just so uh, evil and disturbing and violating and degrading on such a primal human level. Uh, they're now, like I'm looking at LA Times right now, is saying that um, investigators are operating under the theory that the attack was inspired by ISIS. By the way, can we not say that something was inspired by ISIS? Can we use a different word? Um, can we not use inspired? Can we, can we keep inspired positive? You know what I mean? Like inspired, uh, I realize it can have a negative connotation. Let's not use that word here, shall we? Uh, but they're now connecting this worst mass shooting in U.S. history with ISIS. Uh, and so, so the word that I would use is evil, and here's why I would use that word. In the modern world, there are many things that we are leaving behind and we should leave behind, but one of the things that often gets left behind is language that people associate with more primitive states of consciousness. Words like evil and sin uh, often are like, oh, we don't really use those words anymore. Obviously, words like hell um, don't have a feeling for many people like those are sort of from a, from a previous era that we want to leave behind. But here's the thing about those words. Those words are strong for a reason. And sometimes you need strong, loaded, high-voltage words to name the evil that has unfolded in your midst. Uh, a mass shooting in a club is a hell on earth. It is a deep sin against all of us. In ancient wisdom, um, to kill one person is to sin against all humans. So let's remember that some of these strong words, they're strong for a reason and they're needed. This is evil. Uh, this is pure, unadulterated evil unleashed in the world without regard for human dignity and decency. Now, something within you says this is not right. Something within you in these moments rises up and resists. Did you have that feeling today? Like this is out of order. This is not right. This cannot continue to happen. See, for many people, God is an abstract idea that you can take or leave. God is a list of propositions. God is just an argument about, uh, you know, you have your God, and is that God the same God? Maybe those people have a different God. God, for me, is, is, is not an argument. God is not a proposition. God is not an abstract idea. I couldn't care less when people discuss how, you know, are they worshiping the same God or not? The right? Absolute, a boring conversation to me, to say the least. God, the divine, is that feeling 
within you that this is not right, that things aren't supposed to be this way. That's one of the many ways I understand the divine. The divine is that presence within you that says, this is not how things are supposed to be. There's this great passage in Ecclesiastes, eternity has essentially been placed in your heart. There is something within you that is infinite and boundaryless. There is something within you that witnesses to how things should be. And there are these moments like this when everything within us says, this is not right. This is not how it should be. This is out of order. This cannot be. And I would simply say, when the writers of the book of Genesis talk about we're made in the divine image, when the mystics talk about how each of us carries the divine spark, when the New Testament writers talked about us being children of God, when Jesus talked about a kingdom of God within you, there is something within each of us that says no, a resistance, a rage, a a naming of that which is wrong and out of order. And one of the ways you can understand the divine is the divine is that spark within you that says, no, 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 no. Evil does not make sense because it is out of order. It is not what God intends for this world. It is not God's best for any of us. It will never make sense. Evil will never make sense. And then uh, what we're learning now is that the gunman legally purchased an assault rifle that he used to kill all of these people. The gunman legally purchased an assault rifle in the United States of America that he used to kill all these people. It is 2016. It is Sunday, June 12th. 2016. We have electric cars and computers in our pockets. We have organic food a mile, two miles, five miles from every one of our homes, all kinds of varieties grown who knows where, and yet we can just go buy it and enjoy it. Think about the extraordinary technology and advancement to get us simply the food that we enjoy, let alone the clothes, the luxuries, the technologies. We don't have polio. We have metal tubes that we get in and fly around in the sky. We leave and we're in a different country two hours later. We put people in outer space. And in the United States of America in 2016, you can legally purchase an assault rifle. We have advances in quantum physics and brain, we, the things we know about the brain alone, let alone psychology, biology, particle physics, think of the unbelievable breakthroughs, the technologies, the sophisticated systems we have built. And in 2016, you can purchase an assault rifle in a store in America. What is an assault rifle for? It's for killing people. It's for killing people. You can buy an assault rifle. This is completely insane. Now, obviously, mass shootings have happened in other countries. They do not happen anywhere else in the world with the frequency and destruction that they do happen in 
the United States of America. And I know this sounds like a rant. It's because it is. And because in among the sadness, the grief, the tears, the silence, the solidarity, uh, if this doesn't change things, we've had zero significant gun legislation since the Sandy Hook massacre. How, 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 my friends, can you purchase an assault rifle in America in 2016? What we know from the research and data is that more guns mean more gun violence, mean more people killing. And what we also know from the research and data is that over 80% of Americans, including most gun owners, are in favor of greater legislation. A couple basic things like a ban on assault rifles, closing the gun show loophole, and some really basic expanded database background checks. Really, really, really basic things that we should have done a long time ago. We still haven't done because of a small, well-funded, well-organized group that opposes any new gun legislation. Uh, This is completely insane. It is immoral. It is unjust. There is an evil dimension to it. How many people would have to die before we would pass really basic new legislation that wouldn't prevent good people, law-abiding citizens who have a family tradition of guns, who hunters. It, It doesn't affect those good folks at all. But what we know is that more guns mean more violence, means more people dead. When, and I would argue the time is now, does this change? What would it take? The, the next worse mass shooting? We can do this. We can do this. We can do this, my friends. You've heard me talk about this before. You've talked about the other episodes I've done on politics and guns. Uh, obviously, you've heard all this from me before. We can do this. We can change things. Uh, there are no guarantees in that. There's no uh, guarantee that you can eliminate lone shooters killing people in a nightclub, but uh, we can at least take the next right steps. There is this feeling sometimes I have, and uh, maybe you have the same feeling. It's a feeling, but it's also a question. Like, are we losing? (laughs) Is the world getting worse? Uh, Is hope an empty exercise? Uh, If you're like me, there are times when I think, how how is this thing all not just going to slide off a cliff at some point? Um, And then you hear about ISIS, and especially if you watch cable news, uh, which I don't, but the few times I am getting my car repaired or I'm at the dentist's office and it's on, I think if I saw this more than three minutes a day, I would be convinced that the whole thing is about to collapse. There is, in moments like this, in moments of great tragedy, this question that arises, are things getting worse? Are we really ultimately, cosmically in great jeopardy? Or are we going to be okay? Is even this able to be swallowed up and redeemed by something greater? Is even this tragedy and loss something that can be embraced with an embrace, with arms that are wide enough to wrap themselves around even this pain? I'm looking at a picture now. It's in the front page of the LA Times online 
about a candlelight vigil somewhere. And apparently there are candlelight vigils popping up all over the world um, to remember Orlando, to be with Orlando, to sit and stand in on solidarity with Orlando. And it's a picture of people lighting candles and some are sitting on the ground, some are walking around, some are leaning on each other. And it's a beautiful picture. Uh, because we weren't thinking about Orlando yesterday and we're thinking about Orlando today. And when you think about somebody who got a call early this morning saying you need to come to the hospital, so-and-so has been shot, so-and-so has been killed, so-and-so didn't come home last night because of a shooting. If you're like me, it heightens your awareness of this holy, sacred, precious gift of life. There is something that surges through the whole experience of being human that is bigger than ISIS. It's bigger than gun laws. It's bigger than assault rifles. It's bigger than a lone gunman. It's bigger than despair. There is something that surges through all of it. Jesus talked about a kingdom of God that's within you. Uh, in the New Testament, they talk about a God who is through all and over all and in all. There is, the, in the tradition that I come from, a belief that there is a power, a force, a glue, an energy, a spirit, call it God, call it the Christ. It has lots of language that has been used to describe it. That which animates, sustains the world also can overcome the worst that you can throw at human beings. The worst that can come our way, even this can be overcome. Uh, there's one passage I love about how nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And that in these moments when it feels like we might be losing, like the whole thing is hanging on by a thread, it's important to remember that we come from a long tradition of human beings who have been here before and who trusted that even this we can get through. That there is something at work in the universe bigger than even this. And that when we stand together, why is it that on the heels of great injustice and suffering, there's always this tender, compassionate human spirit that wells up? You weren't thinking about Orlando yesterday, but you're thinking about Orlando today. And you'll probably think about Orlando tomorrow. What is it that the worst of traumas, losses, death, and pain bring out some sweet, gentle, tender, compassionate, fierce love and human solidarity? And when people talk about they don't believe in God, they do believe in this, they don't believe in that, they don't believe in that, all that to me, a boring conversation. What's interesting to me is the fact that something within you witnesses to the goodness present even in the worst of tragedy, trauma, and suffering. Something within you says this is not right. Something within you wants to hold those that you love even tighter. Some gratitude arises in the face of this horrific loss. Some gratitude arises within you for this holy, sacred, precious gift we call life. So I will uh, hold my kids and my wife a little tighter tonight. I will grieve and probably shed more tears. I will also resolve 
to be a safe person for those who need a safe person and to do my best to create safe spaces for those who need a safe space. I uh, will call evil what it is and I will resist it with every fiber in my being in a nonviolent way that doesn't simply keep the violence in circulation. I will assume in every situation, whether it's ISIS or somebody who simply has something mean to say, that I will never, ever, ever let their evil shape my behavior. I will not respond to that evil with evil, to that violence with violence, to that injustice with injustice. But I will do everything I can to respond with love. That's what we do. We respond with love. We assume that in every situation there is a third way of nonviolence, not a corresponding act of violence and not a passivity that says there's nothing you can do here. I will assume in the face of every wrong and evil that comes our way, there's something good we can do to resist it. And I will continue to insist that that's possible with ISIS and your annoying neighbor and everything in between, that there is something at work in the universe present in every one of us, inviting us to a new kind of world. And it's bigger and wider and deeper and stronger than whatever the next agonizing headline is. So Orlando, 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 we love you. You're on our minds. You're in our hearts. We carry you in our bones because Orlando, you're us. <laughs> we're all in this. And in these moments, we're reminded that we are a human family that there is a universal human solidarity that cuts across gender, orientation, skin color, ethnicity, religion, that there is a universal human solidarity that we are reminded of now more than ever. So may you, my friends, in the silence, in the anger, in the questions, in the weariness, May you be reminded of the presence in the absence. May you be reminded that some words are strong for a reason and we ought to use them. May you be filled with a fierce resolve that if there are steps that we can take to make the world safer, especially in regards to guns, then let's do it and let's do it now. And uh, let's do the right thing because it's time. And my friends, may grace and peace, may the grace and peace of the Christ who holds all things together be with you every step of the way and especially be with you, Orlando. <laughs>